Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, a police chief is on administrative leave after telling his officers a Florida sheriff's deputy died from coronavirus because he was gay. A trailblazing lesbian activist died this past week at the age of 95. And leftover fabric from the AIDS quilt is being used to save lives during the COVID-19 threat. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. A Florida police chief has been placed on administrative leave after asserting that a Broward County Sheriff's deputy died of COVID-19 because he was, quote, a homosexual who attended homosexual events, end quote. Tragically, Broward Sheriff's Office Deputy Shannon Bennett died April 3rd of complications related to the virus, making him Florida's first line-of-duty casualty of the pandemic. A complaint filed by the Florida State Fraternal Order of Police, says when officers, quote, inquired about safety protocols and protections from COVID-19 four days after Bennett's death, Davy Police Chief Dale Engel chose to instead retaliate against the members, ordering them to the back parking lot and into formation, like cadets back in the patrol academy. The complaint read, Chief Engel allegedly yelled about a backstory, which proclaimed that Deputy Bennett contracted and died from the virus because he was, quote, homosexual who attended homosexual events. The reported inference was that it was because of this homosexual lifestyle the Deputy Bennett first contracted a serious underlying disease, which aggravated the COVID-19 virus and led to his death. After the incident, Chief Engel sent a department email walking back his statements. Engel allegedly said his comments were taken out of context mm -hmm, and were an attempt to provide as much information as possible. But Bennett didn't have any underlying health conditions, his fiancée, Jonathan Fry, told the local news station. The couple had been planning to get married in December. Fry told the news station the chief's alleged comments are completely false, homophobic, and slanderous. I look forward to the fair and impartial investigation initiated by the town manager, and I hope that appropriate action will be taken at its conclusion. Bennett's former boss, Sheriff Gregory Tony, described Bennett as a fine deputy and a consummate professional who worked to bridge the gap between the LGBTQ community and law enforcement. Brandon Wolf, with Equality Florida, Florida's largest LGBTQ civil rights group, has called for Engel to be removed from his position for the anti-LGBTQ remarks he allegedly made in describing Bennett's death from COVID-19. Wolf called the comments vile and unacceptable. Davytown Administrator Richard J. Lemick issued a statement saying Engel had been placed on leave pending an investigation. Quote, as of April 11, 2020, Police Chief Dale Engel was placed on administrative leave pending further review of allegations 
brought forward by the Fraternal Order of Police. The allegations will be investigated in accordance with the town's Equal Employment Opportunity Compliance Policy by outside counsel. Engel has not commented on the allegations. A mother in Michigan has filed a lawsuit against her local school district accusing school officials of doing nothing when her son was repeatedly bullied, called anti-gay slurs, and physically abused to the point of requiring medical attention for a concussion. The teen has reportedly developed emotional problems and attempted suicide. Tracy Matuszczyk filed a federal lawsuit against Warren Consolidated Schools last month in federal court, seeking justice for how her son's school allegedly ignored the bullying he was now facing. In August 2018, at the beginning of the school year at Sterling Heights High School, her 15-year-old son came out as bisexual. By October, within the span of two months, the teen had to quit the football team because the bullying had escalated to dangerous levels. His mother told the Macomb Daily he came out right before his sophomore year to his football teammates because he thought they were like his friends, his family. According to the mother, her son was repeatedly called a faggot and accused of checking out the other boys in the locker room. Some of the boys on the team accused him of getting sexually excited while playing football with them. By October, the bullying had escalated to physical violence. During football practice, one player stomped on the bisexual teen's head. Even though he was wearing a helmet at the time, he still suffered a concussion. Matuszczyk said her son didn't receive any medical attention after the incident, and the school didn't inform his parents. When he told her what happened later that evening, she took him to the hospital, and he was diagnosed with a concussion. She said that the school took no disciplinary action against the student who stomped her son's head, and she filed a complaint with police, but no charges were brought. So her son quit the football team since he couldn't take the bullying anymore. The mother told the Macomb Daily he was getting gay-bashed in school. He quit something he loved. He played football since he was in the seventh grade. According to the lawsuit, quote, Throughout the course of the harassment, Matuszczyk continually informed the administration at Sterling Heights High School about the harassment and the effect it was having on her son. Over time, the team became depressed, and in November of 2019, he attempted suicide by hanging himself in his room. His parents saved him despite his efforts to keep them away by swinging a baseball bat. The lawsuit contends that, quote, as a direct result of the severe harassment, the victim became socially withdrawn, became frightened of the school environment, suffered academically, and fell into deep depression. The bullying continued, and the son grew afraid to even leave his home because some of the bullies live in their neighborhood. The mother says the COVID-19 threat has provided a break for him, and so they're looking at changing school districts next year. Even so... Several of his tormentors live nearby, so the bi teen is afraid to go out to a park or take a walk because he's constantly looking over his shoulder. The lawsuit accuses the school of violating the victim's 14th Amendment equal protection rights. The mother says that the coach and the school could have intervened, but they didn't. They are seeking $75,000 for loss of educational opportunities, emotional distress, and legal fees. The district has not commented on the lawsuit.
Georgia police have reportedly been using Grindr and other web-based platforms to lure gay men into fake hookups and then arrest them for prostitution when the men arrived. Police claim the nine men offered to trade poppers or pot in exchange for sex. The police officers are publishing the men's mugshots and charges in the local newspaper. But local queer news outlet Project Q Atlanta has reviewed the entire Grinder conversation from one of the men arrested, and it shows there's no truth to the Dawson County Sheriff's Office claims. Project Q shared screenshots of the Grinder conversation with the LGBTQ legal organization Lambda Legal. Senior counsel at the group's Southern Regional Office in Atlanta, Greg Nevins, said the pandering charge is nonsense. He told Project Q, quote, The one thing that you should have before you label something prostitution is a very clear situation where the offer of the item or money is an indispensable part of the transaction. The supposed sex worker has to basically make it clear that without your paying or leaving the item, there will be no sex. That's not here at all. The screenshots apparently showed that the anonymous man was contacted by user Charlie Looking for 420, who wanted to hook up at a hotel. Actually, that was Sergeant W. Derek Johnson from the Dawson County Sheriff's Office behind the screen name. When the man said he had some marijuana, Johnson asked him if he would share it and offered to supply rolling papers for a joint. Johnson wrote, I want to get high and fuck. The man replied, nothing wrong with that. In his report, Johnson wrote, the suspect did solicit Sergeant D. Johnson to perform an act of prostitution in exchange for marijuana. But after reviewing the conversation, there was no demand for payment. Instead, it was just a horny guy offering to share a joint with a potential sex partner. At least one man who had amyl nitrate, also known as poppers, was also arrested. Most of the others were charged with possession or distribution of a controlled substance, charges that would include the drug. Some men were charged with possession or attempting to distribute marijuana. One of the men arrested is a local middle school teacher who wasn't charged with any drug offenses. Trailblazing lesbian activist Phyllis Lyon, an advocate for LGBTQ rights since the 1950s, died this past week at the age of 95. According to the Bay Area Reporter, Lyon died peacefully at her home in San Francisco of natural causes. The newspaper noted, Few individuals contributed more to issues impacting LGBTQ, women's, civil rights, and the rights of elder Americans than Ms. Lyon and her partner, Del Martin. Lyon and Martin, who died in 2008, began their relationship in 1952 in Seattle, where they both worked on a magazine, and eventually moved to San Francisco the following year. In 1955, they and three other lesbian couples founded the Daughters of Bilitis, the first lesbian political and social organization in the nation. In 1956, they began publishing The Ladder, a monthly magazine featuring political articles, poetry, and fiction for a lesbian audience. It continued publication until 1972. Founding the organization and the magazine were, quote, 
acts of immense political courage, says the Bay Area reporter, especially at a time of unchecked harassment and violence directed at homosexuals largely at the hands of law enforcement and political officials. The women influenced political and religious leaders to become more supportive of LGBTQ people. They were active in San Francisco's Alice B. Toklas Democratic Club, which helped persuade Dianne Feinstein, when she was mayor of the city, to sponsor legislation outlawing employment discrimination against gays and lesbians. They also fought for the decriminalization of homosexuality in California. Although marriage rights actually hadn't been a high priority for Lyon and Martin, in 2004, their friend Kate Kendall, then executive director of the San Francisco-based National Center for Lesbian Rights, asked them to be the first same-sex couple to be married in the city. And they agreed when then-Mayor Gavin Newsom, now the governor of California, declared marriage equality in the city in 2004, and they were the first couple to receive a license. Courts later made the city cease performing same-sex marriages and invalidated the unions. They were among the couples who sued for equal marriage rights in the case that led to the California Supreme Court striking down the state's ban on same-sex marriage in 2008. The couple married as soon as the ruling went into effect on July 16th of that year. That November, voters in the state passed Proposition 8 to temporarily revoke marriage equality in the state, but it was eventually struck down in court and the marriages conducted pre-Prop 8 remained valid. Martin died just two months later, on August 27th, with Lyon at her side. Speaking to the Bay Area Reporter in 2004, Lyon said that we hadn't really given marriage much thought. We were much more interested in making sure that gays and lesbians could have jobs and not get fired from them just because they were gay and lesbians. And the same with housing, and the same with almost everything. Lyon's other achievements included co-founding the National Sex Forum, where she was a director for 19 years, and working as a professor at the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. She and Martin also collaborated on the 1974 book Lesbian Slash Woman, in which many lesbians found a positive description of lesbian lives for the very first time. With news of her passing, California State Senator Scott Weiner said in a prepared statement, We lost a giant today. Phyllis Lyon fought for LGBTQ equality when it was neither safe nor popular to do so. Phyllis and her wife, Del Martin, played a crucial role winning the rights and dignity our community now enjoys. We owe Phyllis immense gratitude for her work. Rest in power. With the CDC recommending all Americans wear cloth face masks in public, many folks are getting creative in fulfilling the health requirement. And, due to medical supply shortages, unlikely volunteers have been lending their sewing skills to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now, as comparisons continue to be made between the coronavirus pandemic and the AIDS crisis, leftover fabric from the AIDS memorial quilt is being used to make masks, according to People magazine. In 1995, seeing a wall of posters that honored loved ones who had died from AIDS, activist Cleve Jones got the idea for a quilt that would serve as a memorial for the men who were often denied proper funerals because of stigma. When the Names Project AIDS Memorial Quilt became a reality 
1987, and as quilt panels began arriving from around the world, Jones enlisted Gert McMullen to help sew. McMullen told people, I started meeting people who were gone when their panels would come in, people who I had never had the chance of meeting. She still calls the 48,000 panels, which amounts to 54 tons of fabric, my boys. McMullen herself has created hundreds of panels over the years, more than anybody else. She's currently an employee of the National AIDS Memorial, the custodian of the AIDS Memorial quilt. Reminded of past horrors, McMullen has responded to the coronavirus crisis by returning to her sewing machine and creating face masks using leftover scraps from the quilt. Those masks will be used by employees and residents at facilities run by Bay Area Community Services, which helps the homeless and those suffering from addiction. McMullen told People magazine, During the AIDS crisis, I could go and do something, but now I can't. I'm not used to sitting around and not helping people. The quilt recently returned to San Francisco after 20 years in Atlanta. The National AIDS Memorial had planned to display the quilt this month as a coming home celebration, but the pandemic has put those plans on hold. And finally, Ireland's Prime Minister Leo Varadkar is re-registering as a doctor and will work one shift a week with the Irish Health Service executive. Varadkar's family has a medical background. His husband is a cardiologist. And before entering politics, Varadkar was a general practitioner. The Irish government has asked retired medical personnel to consider returning to the field to assist with the coronavirus pandemic. More than 5,000 confirmed cases have been diagnosed in the country, and almost 200 had died when Vrodker announced he would return to medicine this past week. The Prime Minister will reportedly communicate with patients who've been exposed to the virus via telephone or video link. Vrodker is the first out gay Prime Minister in Ireland, the first of both Irish and Indian heritage, and the youngest Prime Minister ever to hold the office. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Please remember, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. See you next time.